Well, welcome, race fans, to a new edition of the EKN Outlap. It is episode number 43, August the 30th, 2022. My name is Rob Howden, joined here in the EKN booth by David Cole as we jump into a preview of an upcoming EKN Trackside Live event. And of course, the one we're talking about right now is where David Cole will be this coming Labor Day weekend, where he's been for the last number of editions. Uh, I'm talking about the Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix, the bucket list street circuit event that happens right on the Mississippi River in Illinois. That event, of course, coming this coming weekend, September 3rd and 4th in Rock Island, a fantastic uh, event. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll dive into everything in, a, in a, uh, an episode here that's presented by Briggs Racing. Briggs and Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the car track like the Briggs 206. The out-of-the-box performance of the Briggs 206 provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history behind Briggs & Stratton's commitment to motorsports at BriggsRacing.com or on Instagram at RaceBriggs. All right, David, let's jump into this thing. It's the 2022 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix. You're heading out there once again here this coming Labor Day weekend. The 27th edition of this amazing race, not 27 years in a row, couple little issues. There was an issue back in the uh, the late 90s, and of course, COVID knocking it down in 2020, but uh, it looks to me like the weather's going to be pretty good, and, and all in all, a fantastic weekend in Rock Island. Yeah, the weather's looking good as of right now, but again, you never know. It is Rock Island. It's September. You know, just yesterday, we had 0% chance of rain, and then overnight, you know, a storm system came through uh, to ruin uh, the afternoon days and, and and lost a lot of power to a lot of people in the area. So that's the problem with this time of year. You're not quite sure what you're going to get weather wise. So true, true. Um, looking ahead, yes, it's it's another it's the 27th it's 27th edition of the Rock Island Grand Prix. So that's something to look forward to. Again, another another part of history. But you know, weather you know look it hasn't changed much from yesterday when i wrote the script so now we're getting 17 or 10% chance of the wet stuff so you just you just don't know <laughs> it could hey, come listen. so it's either going to be humid or 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 wet or cold <laughs> you and i and you and i've driven in both different conditions there it's it's such a wild challenge when it's wet because of course it's not a racetrack it's a street circuit, right? So it takes the entire weekend to start building up rubber, but the roads all have the crown. So the minute you're coming through a corner, you get to the crown. And of course, as you get you know to the outside of the racetrack, you're going down the crown. The car want the cart wants to have you know that exit uh, oversteer where it starts to you know lose the rear end. I think it's a super challenge. I still remember racing it, and I want to say 2003 or four on a first card in the rain in the shifter. That was wild. It was fun. Yeah, I think that was 23 or 2003 because so, right? four it didn't rain uh, when we we're, I think it rained, but not too much. Uh, and that was when you are on the RBI cart. That's right. With uh, uh, Preston Newberry on the wrenches. He was my wrench. Yeah. The, the, so, the, uh, the Richie Buxman cart. That's right. That was yeah, awesome. So that that's uh, yeah. But shoot, I've been in it in the in the tag. I've been in it in the Briggs. It's it it's a different aspect. You don't drive it you know, that six tenths of a mile course, you know, they're all 90 degree corners. You don't drive it like you normally would in the dry, because as you said, every corner is a little different and you almost, you want to give yourself a, instead of one inch, you want to give yourself at least a foot, if not more for the <laughs> wall on the exit. So <laughs> let's, let's describe the racetrack a little bit for those of you who may not know, uh, Rock Island Grand Prix, as we said, 27th edition coming up. It is a six tenths of a mile, as David mentioned, only six corners, 
five lefts, one right. Uh, you know, it's all 90 degree corners. It's just, you know, in, in the basic city street layout. Uh, but they're all different because of the, of, you know, what you're trying to accomplish going through it. The angle's a bit different. There are bumps in certain areas. There are manhole covers. There are crown in the road, like we talked about. Uh, it's surrounded, of course, all by barriers and some hay bales. It changes a little bit, you know, from year to year. We mentioned that it's located just alongside the Mississippi River in uh, the Quad Cities, uh, along with Davenport, Moline, Rock Island, and David Helby, Bettendorf. Um, there it those is. are the four right? Those are the four cities that are essentially in a, in a cluster right around the Mississippi River, two on the uh, on the side of Iowa, two on the Illinois side. Tremendously fun weekend. But the track itself, David, is, is it's interesting. Like we said, you really kind of have to work your way up to the speed, especially if you've been there for the first time, because, you know, you get a little too wide, you get into the barriers, you're going to end your session. The key is to be smart, come up to speed slowly. So by the time you're ready to go wheel to wheel racing, you're really at, at 90 to 100 percent. Yeah, to kind of give you a little insight into each corner, turn turn one is a two block. So the straightaway is a two block run because, again, that's the other side of it is all the straightaways are different in, as well. And the front straightaway is much more narrower, narrower straightaway than, than the many other straightaways that are on the track. And so that makes it a narrow entry into turn one, but a, a much wider exit True. as you head into the straightaway between one and two, because it's a wider straightaway. So that, so that run from one to two is a, is a, is probably the quickest part of the racetrack. And you go into two where it's a wide entry, but it's a narrow exit. Yeah. So again, always different, uh, presentations in terms of the corners turn three is your normal corner but i think it's a little bit it's almost it feels like it's off camera when you go through it but it's really not um just because of the way because you're kind of cutting back to set up for turn four which is the only right hand corner and then as you go through that i think that's probably the roughest section is between turns four and five Agreed. Um, that 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 portion of the racetrack is covered by trees and buildings, so it doesn't see a lot of sunlight. So it has a lot of moisture there throughout the year, not only during the winter, but during the summer months as well, too. So it's it's not very well kept up uh, pavement area, not to mention the sidewalks are made of bricks. So, again, the exit points there are a little bit itchy or sketchy. And you go into five and again, depends on the way they build the racetrack. Some years it used to be a wide entry into a narrow kind of off camber exit. Now it's kind of a more of a narrower uh, entry point. They, they've kind of moved the apex further and further away from, from the left side of the, of the street into the more center part of the, of the intersection. So it's a tighter corner, but you still have that, that fall away, that, that kind of dip exit uh, out of turn five. And then you go into turn six where it is a big dip at the apex. And so that sometimes upsets the cart and kind of pushes you out towards the barriers and what is the scoring trailer and where we see some uh, pretty exciting and interesting wrecks over throughout <laughs> my 18 or 17 years of going to the Rock Island Grand Prix. Yeah, and you mentioned five, you know, five and six are so crucial, right? You've got to get through turn five, especially in the breaks where you're flat out almost essentially all the way around the racetrack, but you're flat out through five, rolling that speed through six because that leads all the way down into turn one, you mentioned being a more narrow entry, one of the the best places to pass, the biggest draft, of course, down from uh, six down to one and then one down to two. So again, good point. Not, yeah, not, not an overly technical track, David, but because there is some specific technique that's needed, a little bit of bravery, it kind of separates the front from the back of the pack. 
I would say more bravery than anything. I think that's kind of what it's been. You know, I, you know, you know, looking at why we aren't getting the entry numbers that we used to, I think it's just because drivers aren't, they don't want to take chances like that. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to say we've kind of wussified the, uh, the sport a little bit, but uh, it just, you know, back in the day, drivers would go race anywhere. You know, you'd look at, your, you know, your Lynn Haddocks, your Mark Dismores, your Scott Pruitts, your your Lake Speeds. They would just get in anything and drive it. Yep. Now, now drivers are just kind of more, it's almost, almost like they're spoiled by the amazing facilities that we do have in the sport. But there's not that element of danger aside from, you know, the, 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 you know, racing incidents that we do see happen. There isn't that danger, you know, there's not that Isle of Man feel, you know, that's Quincy, Quincy in the park, you know, that's, that's that Isle of Man feel to it, you know, so this is almost kind of, you know, this is like IndyCar street racing, but you know, it's just, it's, you're, you're surrounded by walls the entire uh, distance of the racetrack. So it just, I don't know, there's just that element that, that people aren't getting, it's not grabbing people anymore. I think is what I'm trying to say. Here's the thing. In my in my opinion, because I've I've talked about this many times, right, how I approach a Rock Island weekend when I've got a chance to race, right? We don't race as much. We don't race you know, twenty times a year. So you and I have oftentimes come in having raced once, maybe twice, or maybe not at all throughout the season. So I bring myself up to speed slowly through the practice sessions or whatever it may be. You know, I take one, I start by taking one corner flat out. So a lot of times it's turn three, then I back up to two, and I just start you know start taking those corners flat out. I still don't think I've ever taken turn one flat out because I just don't feel comfortable going through there. But with the amount of drag- draft you have you don't really need to right you can draft back up on the guy if i if you let off a bit and it'd be comfortable through one you get the draft back into turn two and that's why i've always you know i've run top five i've qualified second i've done well and and for an older guy running against the younger guys so (laughs) the the thing about there's an element of risk and you're able to control that risk right you don't need to drive 100 hanging on the edge especially if you're running in a master's class or whatever or any really any class to go there and to have the experience and to enjoy it you're, it's up to you when it comes to level of risk. Cause I've driven 125, I've driven tag, I've driven, I mean, I've driven uh, a Briggs, right? I've driven all the different essentially opportunities to participate at the race in different categories. So it's all about just doing what you're comfortable with and, and enjoying the experience in, in my mind. Yeah. And like you said, I think it's easier for those faster categories to drive this racetrack because there's the breaking element of things where in the Briggs part, like you said, it's all about carrying that momentum lap after lap after lap. So you're trying to push the, push the limit, push the limit, push the limit to where, you know, in in even the hundred CC categories or the, or the tags that used to race there. And then especially in the shifters, there's a breaking element around most of the corners. So that's, that's, Again, you you're still pushing to the limit, but you have to slow down to a certain point. <laughs> so Agreed. it kind of it kind of puts oh, yeah. the driver back into it to where you're not just you're not basically you're not solely based around momentum. Yeah, it's 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 a completely different approach to every corner. Yeah, if you're in a high, if you're in a faster car, you're on the brakes, you're getting the carts cart set like more of a normal track, right? And then back on the throttle to get through the corner and yeah. and send that straightaway. Whereas as said we said in the Briggs you're flat out, you're pinned, and you're making sure that the line's correct so that you're able to get through cleanly. Now, all right, we've talked about the racetrack. We've talked about the approach. David, give us a lineup of, of, of the event itself, the event schedule. A bit different than some races. This isn't like the nowadays where you're testing a weekend before or on track on Thursday, Friday. Like you know, It's not a four-day weekend. This is a much more focused weekend, a little more laid back, and a lot of fun when it comes to being around the track uh, you know, in the evenings as well. 
Friday is essentially when the event begins because you roll into Rock Island Grand Prix and you wouldn't think that there was a race going on, say, around <laughs> 3 p.m. That's right. Uh, essentially, 5 p.m. local time is when the city streets in that area shut down and they start to begin the trailer move in for all the competitors. And they also begin the track build. And that's essentially when the track is built overnight, basically from 5 p.m. to about you know, anywhere between 1, 1 a.m. or sometimes it's gone later than that to where uh, they're trying to make sure the track is ready to go. But essentially, paddock parking takes place that night. Everybody gets settled in, gets the pre-tech done, and everything everything on track begins Saturday morning. You get two rounds of practice. They'll actually do this year. They changed up the format, so they're going to have qualifying for all the king categories. So king of the streets, King of the Rock Briggs and King of the Rock 100 CC. So all three will have a qualifying session. All the other categories will P pick for heat race, which will be take place Saturday. Drivers will earn points for where they finish and also passing points, which will set up the main events, which will run on Sunday following about two hours of morning warmups. There it is. There's your lineup again. Uh, just main events on Sunday. It's gonna be a lot of fun at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Time for our first break in the action. When we get back, we'll have a look at the numbers. We'll look at uh, the entries that we have for the categories this year. Not quite as good as it was last year at this point. Hoping for a lot of walk up. But after this quick break, we'll go class by class. Let you know how many entries are set up for this year's Rock Island Grand Prix. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. 
Welcome back to episode 43 of the EKN Outlap, our preview podcast that we do as part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage. David Cole will be trackside this weekend at the Rock Island Grand Prix, the 27th running of this bucket list event. Uh, David, let's have a look at the by the numbers. Last year, 224 entries in total. Right now, about 180 coming in. Very interestingly, we, what did you say? I think it was 16 or something entries that you had locked to two particular drivers who actually won't be here this weekend. So we'd be closer to almost 200 with those two drivers coming. Otherwise, hoping for a bunch of walk-ups. There are a couple of categories with some pretty decent numbers, uh, like the King of the Rock and the Briggs category. Uh, but there's some classes we'd obviously like to see more drivers. Well, when you look at it last year, when we did our outlap uh, preview podcast, couldn't get the words out of my mouth, uh, we were at 190. So we had 34 walk-up entries. So it's pretty good uh, in terms of walk-ups to get to that 224 mark. So right now we're only 10 10 entries off that mark. And like I said, uh, you throw in Race Liberante and Chase Jones, they're good for about 16 entries between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether, you know, between the the Briggs, the Shifter, so they'd they'd be about six or eight each uh, between the two. So, um, yeah. And then we, ha- we have drivers we know that are coming as well too. So the walk-ups, you know, we're hoping to get to that 200 mark, I think. Uh, 20 is a good number of uh, possibilities in terms of walk-ups. But uh, again, that's just kind of the nature of the beast right now in our sport. You know, you look at some of the other bigger events, you know, USPKS is still hovering around 100 right now. And their event is, you know, only what, two weeks away. And so they're, they're, they're going to be at the 200 mark, you know, so (laughs) all the entries come either late or just before deadline for a pre-entry is done. So again, we, they could be getting, because I think they still have pre-entry open for Rock Island Grand Prix up until I think it is Thursday. So, uh, or may, might even be uh, Wednesday. So tomorrow possibly. So we, there could be, you know, some, some, again, people sitting on the fence waiting to come in and, and do this. But um, I think, I, I think we'll get at least 20 walk-ups for sure. So that should put us at that 200 mark yeah, or it, at least it, above it. It is a little bit tough, obviously, David. You know, there, there was a time where nobody would ever put a race on Labor Day weekend. You know, that was kind of reserved for Rock Island. But we're seeing a couple of, uh, of uh, events happening this weekend all around the country. Obviously, there's, there's a number of events happening Labor Day weekend. It, it is a fun weekend to be able to potentially put on a big race. So uh, maybe some of those races taking drivers away that may have been at Rock Island this year. Yeah, whether it be drivers or you know race, you know their their businesses uh, within the sport because they got to go to the other events. You know that's just kind of the nature of the beast. You know it's it's a struggle. You know that, that's kind of how it is. You know that's we saw the Robo Pong. It was a massive event, and we saw that go away just because the calendar became too flooded with number of events. And and certainly we've seen that. Uh, you know, the winter months are getting full, the summer months a little bit better because people are able to, to get away and do things then. But now kids are back in school. And so time's a little bit limited. Labor Day weekend's kind of that last hurrah before the full school season begins. And so a lot of people either are, are off doing something else or just it's just it's just a kind of, you know, it's always I don't, I, again, not sure why people are scheduling on top of this one, but it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, indeed. So you'll see uh, uh, 16 and 18 in the Briggs 206 heavy class. There's, of course, two categories there for giving drivers the opportunity. Uh, so 16, 18 in the primary class, 16 in the second class. The Ignite uh, drivers uh, down a little bit. Uh, 14 in Ignite Senior, 12 in the second for Senior. Only six drivers in Ignite Masters. We've seen more drivers there. Now, a lot of Ignite racing going on. A number of drivers have been, have been looking at different events, maybe 
focusing instead on the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals coming up on the opening weekend of October. Uh, Briggs Masters, 206 Masters at 13, very similar similar to last year as it was for the medium class, really just down a couple, and that could be the walk-ups we'll see. Uh, And again, for a a lot of the times, one entry could be, or one driver could be four entries. You know, they'll run two different classes and both uh, opportunities in each class, so it could be four entries coming in. Uh, 21, though, David, for King of the Rock in the Briggs category. That's going to be a fun one to watch. 21's a good number around Rock Island. It'll be interesting to see who who battles it out to get the, the King of the Rock honors this year. Yeah, that's going to be a good one to talk about when we go more in-depth with uh, each of the categories. Yeah. Uh, you know, shifter cart racing we've seen is kind of picking back up. Unfortunately, that hasn't translated to the Rock Island Grand Prix. We're only getting three drivers in open shifter right now, five in open shifter masters. Uh, which equates to only eight drivers right now in King of the Streets. But I think it's going to hit double digits with uh, a couple drivers that will be coming, uh, not entered so yet. So uh, so at least we'll hit double digits again in King of the Streets, uh, which was at 10 last year. So hopefully we'll surpass that. But the quality of drivers in all three of those categories are going to be solid. And they'll be certainly, depending on the track layout, you know, again, it's going to be it's going to be super fast for those guys. Um and then again, they they tried. They're trying to welcome in the 100 cc engine programs. You know, they developed the senior 100 cc category. They even opened up the King of the Rock 100 cc division as well. Only four drivers right now entered in senior 100 cc, with only five drivers in King of the Rock 100. So, and David, again, isn't that wild, David? That that used to be such. A, you know, 100 cc Yamaha was a massive class there. Well, you know, we get we're they're bringing back Yamaha Super Can Heavy. They've got nine drivers entered in that category. But again, you know, you look across the country. What is the biggest category at racetracks right now? It's KA 100 Senior or 100 CC Senior. That's the big category from the club level to the regional level and even at the national level. That is a category where we're seeing the big numbers. But it's not translating again to numbers at Rock Island Grand Prix. And again, I just keep going back to where, you know, I asked somebody, you know, why aren't people going? And it's because either the track layout or they're not necessarily scared, but they don't want to wreck. You know, it's that's what it boils down to. And again, that's where I keep coming back with there's a different mantra right now in our sport to where. You know, that's it's it's the ball, you know, that's that's that, that saying balls to the wall. It just it's not appealing to people right now. And, in terms of rock on the ground. And you think about the badasses of our sport. You mentioned the Haddocks and Pruitt and Speed and Dismore. They didn't even have the body work that we have on the on the cards now, right? That's exactly and, and you know what? <laughs> that's what badasses. That's the one thing about the Rock Island Grand Prix. It's from the first time I went in 2004 to now. It's even safer now than what it was back then, because back then it was all hay bales and you you hurt yourself so much more in the hay bales. I've seen so many wrecks at Rock Island Grand Prix where you think the driver's going to be hurt. He's able to get up, get out and walk away because, again, the barriers are a little bit safer. I've tested it. It, you know, it might ding you up a little bit, but you're able to walk away and and continue racing on for the rest of the weekend. So, David, I I booked it into the bales (laughs) and the bales are not fun to hit. No, and I was, listen, and here's the thing, too. I was a master the first year I went there. The first year I raced, I think I was 32. First year, thir- 32 or 33, the first year I raced there. I, I, it's You mentioned it. It's a, it, we're, we're in a different time right now. People you know, worried about getting hurt, worried about getting in an incident. I don't know if it's the parts, the, the rebuild a cart, whatever it may be, but it's a shame because the, the people that don't take an opportunity to race an event like this and have that experience, you know, I still remember running, 
Quincy back in 1997. I can't wait to be able to finally one day, hopefully, do it again. It's just we're in a different. Listen, we're in a different generation, different uh, different people nowadays, well, right? They want to run different. They want to run on on open racetracks. You know, it's the same thing with F1. Everything's got to be super safe. So it's well, a shame he, that some guys don't experience this. Here, here, here's here's the what backs up it even further. So vintage is one of the categories they continue to keep bringing back. They have 21 drivers entered in that category and that's tied with the largest class size with uh, King of the rock. Right. So again, these old guys, they know it, they know to stay off the wall. Don't hit the wall. Drive and within your limit, drive within your limits. So again, yeah. it's just, it, again, it's a different generation of drivers that, uh, and again, we're seeing, our sport, it's mostly masters drivers and, and kids. And unfortunately rock Island grand Prix, there's not that room anymore for, for the junior categories. It just, it never caught on. And so, and then the rest are, you know, majority are masters. We don't, and across the country, at least at the national level, we don't have those drivers 21 to, to 35 that are racing a lot anymore or even racing at all. So I think that's a demographic that's missing at rock Island because that demographic are all the local drivers that are still racing there at, at, you know, 35 to 40 or 41, 42, you know, the Nielsen's, the Dittmer's, uh, the, the Welsh's, all those, all those type of drivers, it's, it's their local event and it's what they, they love doing. And that, unfortunately, you know, we don't have more of those across the country that are willing to come to the Rock Island Grand Prix. All right, folks, with a break in the action, we get back. We're going to hammer through the categories, let you know how many entries each class has. We'll talk about defending winner, uh, you know, previous winners, and we'll let you know uh, what the storylines are, who to watch for in these categories. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and the Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2022 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Daytona International Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Quincy Grand Prix, Newcastle Motorsports Park, and the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the five-round, regionally-based Ignite Challenge at tracks in Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Local club programs have also been established in other states like Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Florida, and more. Join Margay Racing for some fast, fun, and great memories at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite cart packages including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteCarding.com. Get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are spec fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7, and they ship UPS. That's right, Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 Oil, or Aspen Sport 98 Octane Fuel for Scusa Competition, 
they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. Welcome back to the EKN Outlap on the EKN Radio Network, episode number 43, as we are previewing the upcoming Rock Island Grand Prix, the 27th running of the event. David, let's start with the 206 medium class. There's uh, two opportunities for a lot of these categories. So 206 medium one and medium two, very similar drivers in both of these categories. 13 entries in total, David, right now uh, for pre-entries for 206 medium. Tony Nielsen, the defending winner, he's won it, uh, what, a number of times already. Four times, I think, David, he's won this thing already? Four times he's driving for one for the thumb. Oh, that's, that's the uh, that's yeah, that's kind of the headline in this category. You know, he's going for that fifth victory in this category, which uh, essentially began back in 2012. This was the first Briggs and Stratton class 206 class at the Rock Island Grand Prix. I was fortunate enough to be part of that year and be part of that category the first year. I won't talk about my results. That did year, I run but, that uh, year too? No, you didn't. No. No, no, you next year. I think you ran. Yes, you ran 2006 or 2013 with um, Brian McCaddy. That's right. Yeah, I think that was your first year in the Briggs. That was a good I year. I finished, I finished top 10 that year, too. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. What did you do when you and Greg were together? Greg Dingus. I'm bringing it up right now because I have a. Well, oh, that's when you ran Masters. You ran that in 2014. There you go. I'm trying to look, I'm trying to go back and look. It came up as one of my Facebook memories, me running with that. Uh, with yeah, because uh, 14, 14, I, 14 yeah. I ran my own cart plus the Yamaha cart. I ran so 14, 2014 was the first year for LO206 Masters. Yes, correct. That's when I, yeah, that's when I yes. qualified. We'll get second. into that later. Yeah, qualified second. We'll get into that one later. All right. Well, yeah. So, so who are we talking about for this category? You know, you look at you look at former winners. Uh, Riley Scott back. I know that, of course. Tony Nielsen, as you said, going for that fifth win, that one for the thumb. Gary Lawson, we know, uh, is pretty much on the sidelines now. He has been uh, uh, obviously starting his own engine shop as well. Cal Stewart's been a winner there. Connor Lund's been a winner as well. 13 drivers in total. Another Rock Island winner, not in this category, but a Rock Island winner, Matt Payway, part of the action as well. Yeah, so a lot of former winners in this category. And again, you know, I think the story really is, is, is Tony going for that fifth victory. Uh, Ashton Wheeler is another driver. I think he won a junior ignite category, uh, when they did have that class. I'm looking back here at my notes here. Yeah. Uh, the first year they had it back in 2016. There you go. So he's got a victory there as well too, but he hasn't, I don't think he's picked one up in the senior ranks at, uh, Oh no, last year he was ignite winner. So he's got to get, a, he's looking for his first win in the regular Briggs 206 categories. And, uh, so he'll he'll be one to watch again. A lot of uh, familiar names in this field. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, Michael Welsh, of course, uh, very similar to the 206 medium two class. Very similar entries. Twelve drivers in total. Uh, Mick Gabriel was the winner last year. Riley Scott, the winner last year, uh, won both. Probably not last year in 2018. He won both categories, David, one and two. So he kind of was the dominant guy back in 2018. That's four years ago. But uh, Riley, definitely a driver that could step up and get the job done anytime he, he gets in the behind the wheel of the cart, right? Yeah, so possibly we might have a third different winner in this category with Gabriel not on the entry list. That's true. I think he's going to be there, though. So he could be a walk-up entry. I thought right. I saw him on social media talking about going back to Rock Island Grand Prix. So he could be a repeat winner along with Riley Scott, who is racing in the category. So we could either have a first-time double winner in this class or a third different winner. 
with 11 of the drivers racing in both medium one and medium two. David, how do you like this? You got Riley Scott at 18, Charlie Moore at 18. You got Ashton Wheeler at 19. Then you got Scott Blind, who uh, runs out of the Gateway Carplex program. He's going to be running with me and K100 Masters at the Supernats. 55 years of age, going against the young guns in 206 medium two. I love it. Yeah. Again, it's all based on uh, weight. You know, if you're yeah. if you're at the be able to make that weight uh, for the medium category, go ahead. It's the track time is key. That's it one is. of the key things with drivers. A lot of them want to get that track time. So why not? If if you if you're not going to be competitive, at least it's track time for you. Let's have a look at two hundred six heavy, David. Again, a, a one class and two class, eighteen entries total. Uh, for a uh, 206 heavy one, Race Liberanti was the defending race winner. Uh, Gary Lawson's won, Cal Stewart, Tony Nielsen, Connor Lund. But this year, a mix of young, veteran, and Masters drivers all running 206 heavy. You mentioned weight, right? A lot of times for the Masters drivers, they may not be able to make that medium weight, but they can make that weight in the heavy class. And like you said, the more classes you can enter, the quicker you're going to be as you get to learn the racetrack. Yeah, this class was uh, brought in in 2013. So one year after the first year of 206 at Rock Island Grand Prix, they decided to bring in a heavy category, and that was Lawson picking up that first uh, inaugural victory. So um, again, like you said, Masters drivers have the ability to get more track time in. So not just running Masters, but both either both heavy categories or at least just one to get that extra little bit of track time. So that helps boost up the heavy numbers for sure. And it's, and again, it's kind of the more comparable uh, weight category. It's also, I think the same weight uh, for heavy as it is for King of the Rock. So these are, that's kind of the focus for a lot Uh, of the drivers is that King of the Rock class uh, for the Briggs and Stratton 206 category. And so they want to make sure they're, if they're fast and heavy, like we saw last year with uh, Michael Dittmer winning in heavy two, he went on to win the King of the Rock uh, inaugural race later in the day. Yeah, big names, obviously. You know, we, we've talked already about former winners, Connor Lund, Tony Nielsen, Michael Dittmer, uh, multi-time winner, of course, Todd Bolton, back in the behind the wheel of the cart, 50 years of age. He's running in the heavy class as well. Uh, Jeremiah Davis was a winner, what, last year, I think, at Quincy in the Park, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Another an Iowa driver, Drake, Drake Ostrom's won at The Rock before as well. James Overbeck, Matt Payway, Joseph Rapp, Gage Rucker. And I like the fact, well, Michael Welsh as well, and I like the fact that we got dad and son racing as well, right? Jeff Scott and Riley Scott. Jeff, 49, his son, uh, Riley, 18. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's dad versus son. I love that too. Yeah, I think this is Overbeck's first Rock Island Grand Prix. So I think he's oh, really? the, yeah, I think this is one of, this is, yeah, he's 16 years old. Oh, so this is, uh, this is his uh, debut at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So there's a Love lot it. of veteran drivers that he'll be able to learn from in the heavy category. And again, no I just double checked. Yeah, heavy category, master and king of the rock are all at the 390 pounds, which, okay, I thought it was more comparable, but that's that's outrageous and they shouldn't be that high. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's, let's th- to, for the 206 heavy two category, let's throw in Scott Skitchy Barnes there as well, David. Uh, he'll be there 38 years of age. We obviously, we've watched Scott uh, Skitchy run numerous races, road racing, obviously running Rock Island year after year after year, Super Nats, uh, obviously from, from Bermuda. Uh, Barnes will be jumping into that uh, heavy class. How many categories is he running, actually? Did you, did you take a, a number of those down? Yeah, I was, it's 10 total classes for Scott Barnes. Well, I, was, I had that noted down later. Wow. But uh, yeah, he'll be doing, I think he's only doing heavy two and king of the rock. 
inside as far as 206. Oh, he's doing 206 Masters as well, too. Okay. So, uh, so he's doing three of the regular 206 categories. He's doing three shifter i think he's doing three shifter no two shifter i don't know we'll we'll act we'll add it up later we'll talk about it later <laughs> that'll be a dude that'll be a good paddock insider when you get there trackside yeah uh from there let's move into the 206 masters class you've talked about that already 13 drivers in total uh pre-enter jeff doley in the the uh, the defending winner is doley in down yeah he's down to return that's solid and david three former winners actually in the field yeah, three of the four former winners in the field. Gary Lawson, the only uh, previous winner not in the field. He won in 2019. Jeff Scott won in 2018. And then, as you mentioned, Tony Nielsen, he won the first one, two, three events at the Rock Island Grand Prix for 206 Masters. As you mentioned, beating Dang. everybody in that inaugural year in 2014 on a restart. Remember, that was a yeah. restart year. Uh, for a red flag. So those three former winners in the field. Uh, so we'll see if uh, any of those are able to pick up another victory. But of course, you know, Scott Barnes is looking for that first win in the victory or in the category. Michael Dittmer is looking for that first victory in this category. Another multi-time Rock Island Grand Prix winner. Uh, Aaron Snyder, a shifter cart driver we've seen year in and year out at Rock Island Grand Prix. He's making his uh, move into the uh, master's class for 206 racing. So uh, this should be a good a good little battle in this race class as well, too. Dave, let's drop a shout out for Fred Williams. 68 years young running in the 206 master's class. That's what I'm talking about. I love that. Yeah, he's carrying my number, too. That's true. That's true. All right. Let's cap, let's that means off. I can't race. That means I can't race. Are you like trying to get out of <laughs> racing? You don't normally try to get out of a race, dude. Normally, you'll, you'll jump in anything if somebody offs it to you. You know, you know, Rob, you keep talking about how you get you're getting older and you can't do as much anymore. Well, I'm getting older, too, Rob. And it's just, you Dude, know, you're 11 a, years younger than me. What are you talking about? But to to try and follow all what, six, 16, 17 classes and race. It's That's just true. That's true. it's and, and do the coverage, the live coverage. It's just it's a lot. Of, if, if we could go back to 2004 and just do the magazine stuff, I'd I'd be sketchy Barnes and I'd be racing everything. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we didn't have as much to do trackside during the weekend, did we? That was a lot there easier. We had the magazine yeah. for sure. All right, let's cap off this particular segment before we head to another break. Uh, King of the Rock 206, 21 entries. This is going to be a big one. Uh, everybody trying to go for that King of the Rock title. Uh, Michael Dittmer winning it last year. But, David, this uh, this list just uh, this weekend, uh, absolutely loaded with veteran drivers. You mentioned James Overbeck, really the only rookie coming in at 16 years of age. Everybody else in King of the Rock, is uh is really one of the you know people that we expect to run up front yeah charlie keevan another young driver he's 16 jerry okay. fandry uh 17 so i think those are the three young drivers names that we haven't or we we've we've heard over back but the other two we haven't quite heard of so those those will be some uh some of the younger names so but when you look at the overall look of this entry for that uh that crown for two oh Spriggs two oh six racing, it's it's going to be a, a, a battle, a battle, <laughs> right. and a lot of guys who have won here. They know how to race here. They know how to play the chess game. They know what position they want to be in on the five laps to go, three laps to go, two laps to go, last lap. They kind of know where they need to be or where they want to be. So it's gonna it's gonna be a, a pretty pretty tough chess game. I, I really oh. think so up front. Let me just go like these go from top to bottom. Barnes, Bolton, Davis, Dittmer, Dolian, Lund, Nielsen, Ostrom, Payway, Rucker, 
Scott Welsh. Like these, <laughs> these are guys. Scott I've times called. two. Scott times again. Yeah. 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 Both Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Scott O'Reilly. and and Riley yeah. have one here. You yeah. know, it's and like then this, and this is like, this. You know what this is? This is an all star race. Well, and then that was the idea with the King of wow. the Rock, you yeah. know, program is to, you know, we've, we always pump up the King of the streets. We always pump up the King of streets and it's, and with so many of the different Briggs categories, it's tough to kind of highlight the one big winner. You know, you always wanted to go for the guy who was doubled up and, and, or tripled up or like yep. in Tony Nielsen or Cal Stewart's case, six time wins, six wins on the same day. Uh, but really you want one victory, one category to kind of stand out for, for the engine platform. And, and this is it. And so this is, you know, they save it. I think it's later in the day. Uh, let me, let me confirm on the schedule, but That'd be great. They, like you said, it's, it's the all-star race of the day for Briggs 206 racing. Yeah, it's amazing. And what a, what a, what a stack lineup. I've called so many great races with those guys winning races. Amazing. All right, another break. When we get back, we're going to dive into some Ignite uh, categories. The senior class, Masters. We'll talk a little bit about 100cc senior, and we'll cap things off as well with King of the Rock for 100cc. Don't go anywhere. More to come. This edition of the Outlap on the EKN Radio Network. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product, available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Kartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Race Lab. Race with us. Win with us. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. 
Welcome back to a new edition of The Outlap, episode 43. It is uh, August the 30th as we get set to head into the Labor Day weekend here for 2022 and the annual running of the Rock Island Grand Prix. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. Our preview here is David will be trackside throughout the weekend. David, let's start with the Ignite category. It's, it was, it's, been, a, it's been a really good addition over the last number of years to Rock Island. You now both race Ignite uh, at the Rock Island Grand Prix. In the senior category, the primary class, 14 drivers, tw- uh, 12 of them running both uh, senior one and senior two. Ashton Wheeler, the winner last year. Uh, we've had six different winners in six years. That really speaks volumes to this entire Ignite program. Yeah, that's the story in this category is the six different winners out of the six years of this class. I, I've been a part of it for many years, uh, almost all of them. And, uh, it's, it's certainly a interesting category. Cause again, it's on the harder Hoosier tires. So it makes it a lot different than your regular, uh, Briggs two six categories. It's all on the spec Margay ignite chassis, uh, the K three, uh, chassis for the senior drivers. And so again, it, it all basically boils down to driver. You know, most everybody's sharing gearing information. You're depending on the way you set up the car, you know, so it could be one tooth for one guy and, or two more teeth for another. And so it really puts the driver back into the, uh, the kind of the, uh, the, the, the focus point of the, of the, of the race. And really you gotta be hitting your marks every lap. And again, it's, it's, you know, racing, it's a big, it's a moving chess game. And, and so that's, that, this one's going to be a pretty interesting one with, especially the drivers that are in the field. Yeah. Let's look at the former winners, Jeremy Rennick back in 2015, Jeff Doley in 16, Jordan Bernlauer in 17, Scott Barnes and Evan Stommer in 18 and 19. Ashton Wheeler last year, as we had mentioned, six different winners You throw in Scott Blind for this year as well. Uh, Brandon Moore is going to run in the Ignite Senior category as well. We know Tony Nielsen's coming to play, both Scott's, Mike Stevenson as well, Justin Vansel coming in, and Ashton Wheeler. Uh, what are the youngest drivers, David? We got Charlie Keevan, you had mentioned at 16, a couple drivers in the teens as well with Scott and Wheeler. A really good age spectrum, but it should be fun to watch the, the senior drivers get back at it once again. Yeah, maybe this is the year for Vansel. He's been so close a number of times. Uh, maybe he'll continue that streak of having seven different winners in seven years. So uh, Vansel like could it. be it. You know, Riley Scott picking up that first Ignite victory. That could be one uh, to to uh, to to etch his name there. And and as well as Gage Kemp, you know, a, a longtime Ignite racer as well, too. So a number of different names that that could could help keep uh, this streak of different winners going. We mentioned Scott Barnes running a total of 10 classes. Uh, he was the winner uh, last year in Ignite Senior 2, the second running of the class. Pistol Pete Better won back in 2019. You talked about six different winners in the first class. David, do we go three different winners in Ignite Senior 2 as well, or can Barnes back it up? Uh, Barnes has the ability to back it up, but again, it's yeah. you just quite never know how things are going to unfold. And again, very similar uh, names that we just talked about in Ignite 1 that are going to be racing Ignite 2. So again, anything, anything can happen in this, uh, in these two categories. Yeah. I, I wish I was there. Cause I'd like to jump into this ignite masters class, only six entries right now. Hopefully we'll see some more drivers walking up to be part of the action. Tony Nielsen, defending winner actually won in 21 and 19 better won the first two years in the ignite masters class. But you know, what do you think does uh, Nielsen have a chance to go four in a row here? Uh, a hundred percent. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a hundred percent on that. You got Scott Barnes. He's yeah, obviously was right. You know, he's been right there year after year. He won Ignite Senior Two last year, so he has the ability to win in the Ignite program. You know, he won Ignite One as well too. So he's got two wins at Rock Island Grand Prix alone in Ignite categories. So uh, I would see Barnes and Nielsen probably stretching away. Brandon Moore has the ability to run up front as well Agreed. too. Yep. Uh, Mike Stevenson's a good ignite racer as well. And, you know, if, if Scott blind, is it blind blind blind? Sorry, blind. Uh, if he's able to, uh, to keep things, uh, together and, and running straight, uh, he could, he could keep in the, in that lead pack as well, too. Hey, Scott's doing a lot of driving. Scott blind is, and he's been doing some yeah. winning too. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the lead group. And that's one of the things about rock Island, especially in two Oh six, Dave, uh, if you, if you can kind of hang with that lead group, get that little bit of draft you need and they'll kind of, you know, make you step up a little bit. I know that when I was running with Tony Nielsen back that, that first year of masters, uh, when I was able to run with them, I, I was able to hang, he was quicker than me through one. I would kind of get back up a bit, but when he and I were kind of able to run together, it's fun to be able to kind of spool things up to his level. So I think if that lead group develops and people don't get too impatient, you could see at least four, maybe five drivers in that lead group should be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, even in the Yamaha categories, I did the same thing in 2014. Yeah, I was hanging on, barely, just pushing <laughs> pushing people down the straightaway. That's it. Uh, four drivers right now in the 100cc senior class, Scott Barnes, Tyler Grafton, Charlie Moore, and Riley Scott. Would like to have seen, of course, more in that category, only five jumping into the King of the Rock. David, what's your, what's your feeling on that right now? It's going to be good racing, but hate to see that we only have five drivers with the addition of Andrew Bedozo in the King of the Rock run. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, with Chase Jones, defending winner and senior hundred, hundred CC, and then obviously race Liberante and King yeah. of the rock 100, not being able to come back and defend those victories. That kind of hurts, you know, the, the, the draw to this category. Um, again, you know, we talked about it. I'm not sure why people aren't, again, you could race the VLR, you can race Yamaha, you can race KA 100, any of those cat engine platforms can, can race in this category. So not sure why they, they just aren't doing it, but, uh, you know, Bedozo jumping into 100cc side of things. So that'll be interesting to see if he's able to uh, to pick up a second crown after winning King of the Streets last year. So that'll kind of be the story to watch. Um, Riley Scott did race in this class last year, was a, was kind of up there, just wasn't able to, uh, to keep it together to be in the hunt in the last part. And then Scott Barnes, we haven't seen him run 100cc at all. So this will be uh, this will be a new look for us. Uh, to see the Bermuda driver with a 100cc engine package. All right, final commercial break. When we get back, we're going to talk Yamaha Super Can Heavy. Then we'll work our way through the shifter cart categories to cap things off with King of the Streets. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up this edition of The Outlap after this break. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. 
Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network and uh, our edition of the Outlap, previewing the upcoming Rock Island Grand Prix, the Labor Day Classic, and again, working our way through all the categories. Uh, Rob Howden and David Cole providing this with you. David, of course, will be trackside throughout the weekend. Yamaha Super Can Heavy, which has been a big part of the program for the last 27 years. Yamaha itself, a, a number of, uh, of great races over the years. Nine entries in Yamaha Super Can Heavy. This is one we could normally see up to 20 to 25 to 30. Uh, defending race winner Gage Rucker, uh, two former winners in the class, David, uh, Todd Bolton back as well. Yeah, Todd Bolton back again. This is the category that was not run last year, but has a long history uh, at the Rock Island Grand Prix dating back to what would I say? 2006, I think it was I'm trying to find that. I was as I was looking. Yeah, 2006. Michael Dittmer actually won the first four years. He has a total of five victories in this category. So uh, he's probably going to be one driver to watch. I haven't seen him run Yamaha, though, since I beat him at Brickyard, though. I knew that was coming. I hundred percent. Well, dude, you saw him in the next race when he kicked your ass, though. But right I did. No, I didn't see him because he ran away you in, won the, the, in the main event. I did. You won, won the, the pre-final. Pre but I can say I won at Indy. There you go. <laughs> you can say you won a pre-final at Indy. <laughs> I can say I won at Indy, Rob. It's like being the chef. It's like being the chef that made a really good appetizer. How was your meal? It sucked, but my appetizer was great. The chips I was and salsa was fantastic. I was full after the appetizer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, Gage Rucker uh, won in 2019, the last year they run. So I yeah. would, you know, I would put Dittmer, Rucker, Bolton uh, as, and I'm prob probably Ostrom as well too, Drake Ostrom. Yeah, I agree. Ostrom, so. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go to the open shifter category. This is, you know, over the many years, shifter has been just such a great part of this program. Big numbers back in the day. It was kind of the place you always went was Rock Island. We saw so many great winners like uh, Scott Speed, who, you know, would eventually go on to run both Formula One, then NASCAR, and then, of course, now in, in Rallycross. Uh, we've seen a lot of great drivers over the years in the Masters category as well. Scott Barnes has been a winner. Lance Lane, Jordan Musser, who will be racing this weekend at the KZ World Championship event. Anthony Honeywell, the, the Honey Badger, 
uh, as well. Uh, Kurt Matthewson, Chris Anderline, Texas Tornado, Colin Lynn, uh, Wojtek Birdsey, uh, Bonner Moulton as well, and John Kindhart out of Texas have all you know won races uh, in the Open Shifter Masters category. The defending winner, Joe Rook, and I hate to see it, but right now only five entries right now in the in the uh, Open class for Masters. A couple of great stories in there though. Yeah, the defending winner, Joe Rook, coming back to try and get a second victory, two in a row there. Uh, Barnes, as you said, a former winner, won twice now. He will actually have Chris Enderline helping him out on the weekend uh, to to navigate the 10 different categories. And I think, what, three different carts that he'll be uh, probably four different carts since he's running 100cc now. So yep. uh, Enderline will actually be helping Barnes. So that'll be a good story to watch. Um, Terry Riggins, a longtime race director there at Rock Island Grand Prix, he'll strap on the helmet to, to make some laps there in the open shifter category. But we kind of talked about it at the summer nationals a little bit, uh, Justin and Tiffany Kelly, uh, looking to, they're kind of on a karting tour in 2022. They went to Quincy Grand Prix. They ended up going to the summer nationals where Justin won in the, uh, the Saturday main event. And uh, now they're heading to Rock Island Grand Prix to uh, try and compete in both the Open Shifter Masters class and King of the Streets. Yeah, they're going to have a bunch of fun for sure. They're looking to go into the Super Nationals as well. So really diving in uh, to that program, running the IAMI 175 SSE power plant. As David had said, Justin was a winner at the Supercar USA Summer Nationals. So he really could be a driver to battle it out with Joe Rook and Scott Barnes. I think those are obviously the two that will fight it out. Tiffany, I think I'll have some fun. And could be right there as well once she gets a good feel for it. That's your open shifter masters category. In the open shifter class, David, uh, only three entries right now. You look at the previous winners like an Austin Wilkins, Liberanti, Rory Vanderster, legends like, you know, Kyle Wiegand and Alan Rudolph, you know, AJ Whistler, Joey Hand, one back in 1996. Uh, right now, the only two entries we have locked and loaded is there two or is there three right now? Is it all? Is it uh, AJ Myers? Is, is he entered as well, David? Yeah, three entries right now. All the Magic Kart drivers, Andrew and Robert Pedozo and A.J. Myers lined up to run so far. Yeah, those are the three drivers. Um, I would assume Austin Wilkins, another Magic driver who was the defending winner. He's not on the entry list, but told me he'll be there. So I would assume he's going to be racing both Open Shifter and King of the Streets. So he could be able to defend that crown. Uh, And again, it, it... it's pretty easy to call that. It's going to be a magic winner. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? And essentially for King of the Streets this year, you just put the, everybody together, right? The Masters, all the Masters drivers and all the uh, pro drivers are essentially all running together for seven drivers in King of the Streets. Man, I just, I hate seeing that little amount of drivers, especially knowing how much fun it is to run at Rock Island. Really, would have, we'd have hoped to have drawn a lot more of the drivers. Now, granted, some of them ran last weekend at New Jersey in the Stars race. Others maybe saving some cash for Super Nats, whatever it may be, but uh, well, listen, the bottom line is it should be a pretty good battle still. AJ Myers, the Bedozos, Barnes, the Kellys, Joe Rook, uh, all told seven drivers going to King of the Streets. Yeah, there's no reason why the Masters drivers can't be competitive. Again, yeah, it's agreed. it's it's based on straightaway speed and exit speed. Uh, you know, that's that's essentially how it is. And being able to pass clean without uh, without wrecking. We've seen fast drivers wreck trying to pass. So if, if you're able to uh, to get a clean start, be consistent and be quick. You know, something we've seen AJ Myers do over the last three years, that's going to be very tough to beat. So you got to think the early money is on Myers, even though it's his Rock Island debut. Uh, that, uh, that formula is very, very good at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So, And he just, he just happens to be the number one ranked driver in the country. 
Yeah, that that might have a little something to do with it as well, too. But uh, all right, folks, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, this coming weekend, the 2022 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix. Of course, live coverage all weekend long uh, on ecardinews.com slash live. It'll be on the EKN Radio Network. And if you've downloaded the app, uh, you can listen there as well. We'll have the EKN YouTube channel lined up as well. We're going to have that particular broadcast brought to you by Mara Gay. Just a single camera. David, you can fill us in where you're planning on putting that camera. It just brings a little bit more coverage to the weekend. Uh, but they do have a new lineup as well, David, in terms of the play-by-play announcers for the weekend. The sports director for WHBF-TV, Jay Kidwell, will be joined by the voice of the Cup Carts North America program, Dave McIntyre. Yeah, we had Kidwell on the uh, doing the announcing last year for his first year with the Rock Island Grand Prix. We've seen Dave at the Rock Island Grand Prix probably for the last decade now as a if spectator, yeah. <laughs> if not longer, as a spectator enjoying his uh, his seat in turn five and watching from there and, and cheering everybody on. Now he gets to do it with a mic in his hand. So Love everybody it. across Rock Island, Illinois, and when I mean everybody, I'm talking with the miles of city limits, we'll be able to hear Dave McIntyre on that microphone. He has so <laughs> much energy and joy uh regarding the sport and so he'll be a great addition to the to the broadcast team obviously jay will provide kind of that inside not necessarily insider but that question side of things what about this or what about that as he's he's helping to try introduce the sport and and the race itself to the spectators that'll be along the fence line and dave will be able to kind of guide him on that as well as providing the play-by-play action on the streets of rock island illinois so that'll be fun and exciting uh, pairing for the weekend. Again, three opportunities really to tune into the coverage and the play-by-play from Jay and Dave. Uh, ecardinews.com slash live. You can stream it right through our website, through the webpage. If you've downloaded the ECAN Radio Network app, we'll be streaming there as well. So on your mobile device, tap it. We'll be live all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And David, is, as I said, setting up the camera that will run uh, usually out of the final corner to give you a little look there. Uh, on our YouTube channel, so you'll be able to tune in there as well. Uh, best way to make sure to keep up on everything we do, follow us on all the social media platforms. David will be putting the top tens of the sessions up on Facebook and Twitter. You know, we search the hashtags as well to get all the coverage. Hashtag EKN at RIGP, hashtag RIGP 2022, hashtag Rock Island Grand Prix, and hashtag The Rock. David, what is this, number 18 for you heading out to Rock Island? This is my 18th trip to uh, the Rock Island, 18th straight. Again, because you you ignore COVID, 18th straight year of going to uh, Rock Island Grand Prix. 2004, again, was my first year there. That was an exciting time for me to uh, kind of my my introduction yeah. into uh, e-karting news and and the, the world of karting that I didn't know about. You know, I, I, I got out of my bubble that, <laughs> uh, that I knew and, and went to the Rock Island Grand Prix and fell in love with it from uh, the moment... The Travolta started playing. <laughs> oh my God, dude, those were good times for sure. Yeah, that, that's one of the things about Rock Island, folks. A lot of atmosphere outside. You stay at the hotel that's within a block and a half of the actual paddock itself. It's like the Supernatural. You walk out of the hotel right into the paddock. A bunch of great restaurants there to be able to hit, pick up El Patron, the Mexican restaurant, uh, Huckleberries for great pizza. There's a number of different places you can eat throughout the weekend. The bands that play, uh, uh, courtesy of Ribco, which is the Rock Island, was it Rock Island Brewing Company, David? I'm not mistaken, right? Ribco? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So they normally play bands, have bands on Friday and Saturday night within walking distance of the hotel. It's a fantastic weekend. If you're not entered and, and want, you know what, we got to do something this weekend. Put the cart in the back of the pickup truck. Go run Rock Island. Have a bunch of fun. Drive within your limits. If you do, you'll be back next year. I guarantee it. It's that much fun. 
right david that's exactly it pit pit out of the back of your truck just have a good time you get uh, you know, three sessions on, on Saturday, you get warm up and main event on Sunday. So it's quick and easy. Again, drive within your limits, have fun, race in front of spectators. If you've never done yeah. that, that alone is just a, a thrilling part of being at the Rock Island Grand Prix is, is seeing people you don't even know watching you compete and race against others from across the country. So a lot as of great- you said, plenty of time to get down there. That's it. A lot of great food trucks there as well in the infield of the racetrack. It really is a party atmosphere, and the good folks of the Rock Island Grand Prix Committee do a tremendous job each and every year. David, of course, will be rolling out there on Friday. We'll have a Paddock Insider on Friday evening, and then, of course, full coverage throughout the weekend. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning into this edition of the EKN Outlap, live coverage all weekend long. Lots more racing still here on EKN to cap off the season as we you know, focus to the end of the season and these Supercarts USA Supernationals. Thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.